Happy Father's Day. Amen. Amen. You know, in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 18, it says that you should be zealous, but not when I'm present alone, but even when I'm not present. So it's like it's not you are doing it for eye-pleasing, eye-service. You are just showing off so that people will be rating you. Your ratings will be high. We are doing it, and that shows that we are growing, you know, and we want to clap for our men in the house for the start. It's a start. With this, I think we can even do another one by the end of the year. Yeah, you can. Yes, it's possible. Yes, we have capacity. So, yes, we are the men. Yesterday, I'll not mention the first incident, but the person know what I'm talking about. The person saw J2O, and the person was like, hey, you have J2O too? And somebody responded that it is men that is doing the thing. <laughs> I, was, I was just passing. I like the answer. I said, "My, you are in the spirit. He <laughs> said, it is men that is doing the thing. So, yeah, men are twerk. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. We thank God so much. Amen. Amen. And I know that apart from we wishing Reverend Happy Father's Day, I pray that you also call if your biological father is still alive, call him. If the father that raised you up is still alive, call him. Amen. It is very, very important that that one too we do. Amen. Amen. I, I believe that about three years, Reverend has been dealing with the issue of fathers and talked about the different kinds of fathers. Biological father, substitute father, father in Christ. Fathers-in-law, father in ministry, father of a movement, father in sin, and all that. So by now, I think you should be able to call about three fathers. Uh, yes, at least. And I know that in this house, we have a father of a church, a father of a movement, a father of ministry, and even a father in Christ. So you can call him four times. Oh, I'm calling you as a father of, <laughs> of our church. I'm calling you as a father of. I'm calling you as a father of the ministry. I am. Yes. So I think. Kieran can call like six times because <laughs> apart from the father he sent. <laughs> Amen. We thank God. Today I want to look at something briefly. You know, our theme for the conference was get up and get going on the girls' wings. Amen. You know, by the time somebody's telling you to get up, get going on eagles wings, it shows the agency of the thing. Because the person could have said, get up, get going on the tortoise wings. <laughs> Amen. Just to show how he wants you to go. That he wants you to crawl. Or get up, get going on maybe a parrot's wings. You know, a parrot cannot do anything far. But on the eagle's wings shows the agency and the importance of the thing. Amen. Amen. And you know, I was reading something about various religions in the world. And one of the primary differences between uh, religions that are growing and those that are not growing, it's men in it. The primary and the one of the main reasons why the Islamic religion is going so fast is that men are so much into, it's like the parity between the men and women is almost the same. But when it comes to Christianity, it's like the men are dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. And it's like the thing is dropping. It's like, you know, we have extinct animals, and now we even have extinct churches. Now, there are a lot of churches in Europe that are no more anyway. 
but there are also a lot of churches that you go, the, rate, the ratio of men to women is like. So there is something really wrong. So when we are talking about get up and get going on eagle's wing to the men, it shows the agency of the need for men to do something. Amen. So today I just want to give just two reasons why we should get up and get going. Just two. Amen. And the first one that I want to say is that the commitment of a man is a commitment of a family and of generations. The commitment of one man, the commitment of just one man, is a commitment of a family, it's a commitment of a generation. Amen. And it's, it's, even though I'm talking to men, the women too, you can also take it, especially those that are not married. Getting to know that the commitment of your husband is the commitment of your feet. You can actually test the, the temperature of your feet, how it will be with the commitment of your man, whether you like it or not. Because, you know, there have been examples that even Gloria has been citing that, oh, the woman wants to go to church and the man was like, oh, today I want to get fresh fried fish <laughs> with some uh, with some fried yam. Can you add shito to it? It's powerful. Whilst you've, you've almost finished your makeup, the commitment of the man or the husband is the commitment of the family. And actually the commitment of the... You just look at this church. The men in the church that are married, that are active in the church, all the, all the family is active. All... I will not mention names. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. Genesis chapter 18 verse 19. We will look at four men that did something similar. The first one is Abraham. Genesis chapter, if you can help me with the scriptures. Genesis chapter 18 verse 19. (laughs) Genesis chapter 18 verse 19 says, For I have known him, that is Abraham, in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Amen. So that was the reference that God had about Abraham. That I know that once Abraham is committed, his family is committed. You know, there is a scripture in First Peter chapter 3, verse 1, I think, when Peter was admonishing women. And it's, it's I, when I was reading it, I was like, you know, when it comes to a man being committed, automatically, the women flow, whether they like it or not. In most cases, it's not like they are forcing you or anything, but to some extent, you see that that is the trend of the household. But if a man is not committed, then the duty of the woman is to behave well. So that by her chasteness and by her behaving well, is, is he, if a woman is committed and the man is not, it's a process for the woman to be able to get the man to come across. But if a man is committed, it's not like it's forced. But you now, you fall in line because it's a good thing that your man is doing. If your man is not going around chasing women, drinking and smoking and doing all the things, and he's going to church, you cry, be happy. Because it is saving you a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> saving you a whole lot of counseling sessions. Your man is going to church. You, whether you like it or not, you flow. So God was saying that Abraham will be able to command his family. You get it? So I'm telling all the men in the house that, you know, now for some of us, we're already in the house. So it's not like you are now going to come to church. But I'm saying that the commitment, the activeness, 
the positivity of your attitude towards the things of God automatically affects. I learned that a lot of us learn by action. It's not by what the person is saying. You get this? No, it's not by what the person is saying. It's about what you do. That's why anytime, I think I was talking to somebody and the person told me that anytime they are about eating, they pray. They pray, they pray like the, the husband, the wife and the children, they will pray about. So this particular day, they were just about eating. The husband or the man was just picking food and the, and, the, and the son who was about four years tapped the father said, Father, we can't eat. He has to pray before. You see, the man was not telling the son that, oh, let's, anytime you get food, pray. Meanwhile, you not pray. You tell the get food, pray. Get food, pray. But the man, the, the son has been seeing the action, observing the action. And that is what is, is changing the thing. You get this? So we are knowing that as men, it's not like when you come to church, we are just saving our souls. So. But we are also working for the salvation of our family. Amen. The second person is Joshua. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father saved that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's always like that. Anytime the man starts to say, as for me, the, the next statement that follows is that, and my house. You get it. So when you are talking about, actually when we are talking about men arise or get up and get going on ego swing for men, all that we are saying is that the family is getting up and getting going on ego swings. And by virtue of a family getting up and going, we are seeing a community getting up and going, uh, and going on ego swings. Amen. The third person is Elkanah, First Samuel chapter 1. So you see that the men in the Bible, they were doing it. They were doing it. So we too, we are doing it. Amen. Amen. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 1. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. Now there was a certain man of Ramad Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeruham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu the son of himself, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. It's a message. Verse 3, this man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. Verse 4. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all his sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. Amen. Amen. So you see that this man, as he was going to sacrifice, it's like where he was going, it was not, he was, it's not like uh, from belly to Let's see, city center. It is, it's like a journey to go and sacrifice and to go and worship. And when he's going, he's going with a battalion of two wives, children. And you see, this scripture, 
you could see that Pen, uh, Penina was a woman. Yeah. Ideally, if, if she had a way, she wouldn't have gone to. Because she was always treating Hannah some way. But she was going. Because Hannah was going. And when she goes, she'll give to every offering. Everybody, get this. Go and give your own offering. So you see that because of the act of Elkanah, that's why Hannah also went and had his own encounter. So you see that as the father is leading the church or leading the family, the, the, the sons and the daughters and the, husband, the wives are also having their personal encounters. Because as they went, Hannah went to her place, school to pray to it. Because he, she, too, she had her own issues. You see? So what it means is that as the man or the man is not being active. What it means is that the issues of the family is being suppressed. It's being, it's being suppressed and the issue is getting down the drain. Amen. You know, there is a research that Pew, there is this research body called Pew Research. They do more research into church and all that. And they said that if a man is active in church, there is a 90% chance that the family will follow. But I said if a woman is active in church, about 55% chance. So you see that that's why the enemy is after men. Because he knows that once one just one one man is converted. It's not just one man that is converted. The household. Amen. The next person you might be surprised is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Luke chapter 19, 8 and 9. Hmm. The short man Zacchaeus. 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 So the first one was Abraham, the second one was Joshua, the third is Elkanah, the fourth was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a Samuel man. Amen. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Look at what Jesus said. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. Amen. So you see, as Zacchaeus was being some way, to the outside world, it was just Zacchaeus. But to Jesus, it was the household. Because if it was not the household, why would he have told him that today, salvation has come? Because he could have said that today, salvation has come to Zacchaeus. I said today, salvation has come to this house. Did you get it? So men are so important to God. Just as women are also important to God. And you know, now it's like now, I don't know whether to call it this feminism and everything that is creeping in. Personally, me, I, I, those issues, I don't want to be talking about it. But I don't see it as a dominance of men. But I see it as a resurgence of men. There are two different ways. Dominance is like we dominate, we are not allowing anybody. But resurgence is like you are, it's like you are not taking your place. Now you've taken your place. You get it? There's a place that men come. And, and there are two distinct rules. There are things that, that's why I don't understand feminism. Because it's like the peculiarity of them. They are trying, like now some women are becoming men by virtue of the stance that they are taking. Meanwhile, there's so something special about you that if a man tries whatever he cannot be, why don't you concentrate? Anyway. That's not my topic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
I'm just hoping that in this house we are not brooding feminism, feminism and all that. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have, maybe you can convince me later how your feminism will change the world. But if you are really strictly going by the Bible, you see that there's no need. Because the Bible is not giving dominance to men. The Bible never said that men should lord. No, no, no. Maybe the person is interpreting it wrongly. But once it is what the Bible is saying, women doing what they are supposed to do, men doing what they are supposed to do. That's it. There's no feminism and all that. See, and the, yes, like then we too, we say that, oh, <laughs> Oh my goodness! It's, 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 yeah, we we just we just you know sometimes when you are listening to people's advancing arguments, don't just look at the shallow because some people just oh women are raped, women are abused, that the shallow. Because I saw something. If that if that one is there are some men, a lot of men are also in prison than women. And that one too, should we raise and say that no. no, 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 no. Before you stand with anything, you say that oh now people I stand with this, I stand with that, please. Before you, you do hashtag, I stand with. Know what you are standing for. Amen. Know what you are standing for. <laughs> Amen. If you are a Christian, go by the Christian principles. Let's not anybody who is confused to convince you. Amen. The last person is Cornelius. So you see that a lot of people in the Bible were actually pulling their family along with them. Cornelius. Acts chapter 10, 1 and 2. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave arms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Amen. A devout man who feared God with all his household. Who feared God with all his household. With all his household. With all his household. So a commitment of a man is a commitment of a family, a household, and a generation. The second point, briefly, is the heart cry of God that men arise and undertake specific and distinct commands for him. It's the heart cry of God that men arise and undertake specific and distinct commands for him. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30. It's the heart cry of God. It's the heart cry of God that men arise and undertake specific and distinct commands for him. Ezekiel 22 30. Ezekiel 22, 30. 22, 30, 30. So I sought for a man among them who will make a war and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. Amen. So, God had a specific role for a specific man. He said, I was looking for a man who will stand, who will make a wall, or who will be a wall builder, like Nehemiah. Who will be a wall builder, like Nehemiah. Stand in the gap. Somebody who will stand in the gap like an intercessor. It's so surprising that anytime 
men and women are talking and say that I thank God for the prayers of my mother. Say, so when are we also going to say, I thank God for the prayers of my father? Hardly. But, but, but the prayers of fathers too are very important. The prayers of men. Amen. Amen. So God was looking for a man for two things. One, for a war builder like Nehemiah. And if you read the book of Nehemiah, you see that the, 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 in the process of Nehemiah building the wall was a lot. If you read chapter 1, he was talking about prayers and fastings. Because he, when he heard the news that the walls, the walls were broken, he was, he, the first thing he engaged in was prayers and fastings. The second one was negotiations because the, uh, chapter 2, he was talking to the king, negotiating that, oh, can you allow me to go? And he said, okay, I'll allow you to go. He said, oh, can I get letters? So you see that in this house, eh, there's, you see, let's not limit the ministry to Pray the person standing here to lead prayer, to worship, and to and to preach. No, these three functions cannot be the ministry at all. Other parts, like you see, in this house, the maintenance of if you come and there's no light, so that one too is a ministry, and you have men capable in the house who are doing it. There's always decorations. There's always change of this. All those things is a duty that, that that service in the house of God, and they are, those ones they are war builders. Yeah, building walls. That's why I'm. Uh, sometimes I, I, you talk to people and say, "Oh, me, I don't, I don't think I have that skill that you are practicing outside. That skill, that negotiation, the quantity surveying that you are doing, the engineering that you are doing, you, you can actually, the transfer plan that you, are, you can actually, <laughs> you can actually practice here. Amen. You know." And if you, as you read Nehemiah chapter 3, I'm finishing. Nehemiah chapter 3, you see that Nehemiah was even able to, to negotiate with people that, oh, can you build this part of the wall? So that, oh, and these people and these people built the, the, this wall. And these people and these people built that wall. And these people and, the, and you see that he had that cut across appeal. He was able to convince the royals. He was able to convince servants. He was able to convince the middle class. All those things are needed. So you see that you, too, you have your own cut across appeal. There are some people that you can generally easily talk to. The last time I was talking to Kiran, he was telling ah, no, this good morning, good morning to the young, it's not helping. No, that's the way of talking to them. It's a cut across appeal. So if you, you can do it and I cannot uh, talk that way to the person, and I go and do it, I'll I, I just go and backfire the whole thing. You, have, you see, that, that's why you are here. So that the thing that I cannot do, you do. The thing that you cannot do, I will do. And you'll be helping each other like that. And the walls are being built. And every man in this house can do something very distinct. Very, very, very distinct. I can use Uncle Fed as an example. Say, hey, the man is versatile. That's the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Versalive. And the last one that God calls men to do as part of the heart cry of God is that men to stand in the gap. That men should be intercessors. Intercessors. Abraham was an intercessor. Even though Lot was away, Abraham still interceded for him. Moses was an intercessor. Jesus himself was an intercessor. Peter and Co. Oh, most of the men in the Bible. He said, in Acts chapter 6, he said, no, 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 we should not. Let's not, let's not be engaged in service of tables. Let's try and pray and give ourselves to the word. That one too is a duty that men can also do. So I want to encourage all the men in the house that there is something peculiar about us. I know there's something peculiar about ladies too, sorry. I'm not doing a, 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 a masculinity or something. But 
Today is our day. Let's 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 do something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, what is When you are talking about these people, then the people to also interpret it some way. Yeah. We are talking about men today. So give us the room. Amen. So I want to encourage all men that let's get more men to join the fold. You, you get what I'm saying? Because actually, I was reading and there was this, uh, there's a religion among the Jude, uh, Judaism, they have something they call traditional Judaism. And if they are meeting and they don't get a quorum of 10 men, they will not meet. And you see, you might think that some of, you know, even though some of these things are very strict, but it, because if you are getting a quorum of 10 men, that means you are plus or minus, if you are getting like 30 people, because a wife plus a child. You remember when Jesus said he spared 5,000 men? How many will be there? Besides children and women, that's, you're looking at 20,000. What if everybody has one wife, 10,000, plus two or three children? You're looking at 20,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> hey, you're not looking. <laughs> Amen. So I want to encourage all the men that let's not be pushed out. There is a particular role that God expects. And he said, you see, God is always searching for us. So said, in the book of Ezekiel, said, I found no man. Let it not be said of us that he was calling. We heard the call, but we decided that not this time. Or oh, well dealt. We just heard. I pray that God will give us all of us the grace. Amen. Father, we thank you. We bless you for your word. We pray that you give us the grace to be active in your service. Whatever the obstacle is, we pray that as men, you give us the strength, the tenacity, the conviction, and moreover, may your spirit be at work in us. We bless you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.